Hey, we are recording. Hello. 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 Good day. Hello, guys. We have a guest with us today uh, on the Vaftepot. We have uh, Tadeus Tadeus with us today. Um, And we're going to get to know you a little bit. So that's going to be the plan for the podcast. Um, How are you doing? I'm fine today. We we traveled in uh, yesterday. So we had one sleep here in Norway in a hotel. Uh, and uh, I mean, what do you do on the first day? You go to the box and train, right? So that's my, my history in Norway for now. So your history in Norway is, is training, and tra- how was traveling with uh, with your uh, family and uh, and uh, baggages? And uh... yeah, traveling was okay. Uh, we traveled here with the whole family. So uh, I have a girlfriend or wife. We're not married. I always call her my wife, but we're not married yet. Um, have a girlfriend and three kids, a two-year-old boy, six and a seven-year-old girl. So we had quite some bags and car seats and a stroller to push. Uh, so obviously at the airport, it takes some time to check it all in, get it in. But we managed. All our stuff got here, so it's good now. So uh, it, was not, it wasn't walk in the park? I heard, I heard rumors about running and in the yeah, airport. Yeah, we, we checked in to uh, Amsterdam uh, Airport on time, but it was quite busy. Uh, so we were the last people on the first plane, but we made it. That was okay. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, we we had a flight to Bergen. Uh, from there, we had another one here. And then uh, there's two engines on the small plane. One of them didn't work, so we had to get out, get into a new plane. But you were not in the air when it well, didn't no, work. No, no, we were on the on the ground. Yeah. I, I tried that in the air. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes, we're not going to talk about that uh, okay. today, but uh, but okay. Yeah. So you had to go in and out, um, and then uh, you end up in Hugesen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got a, a very nice pickup at the airport uh, and then uh, transferred to the hotel. We had some food at uh, Aegon yesterday, so I have my cheat meal for the week. <laughs> and then uh, we're now trying to pick up a new rhythm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, since we, we talked a little bit about your family, and that's really uh, uh, un- unusual uh, stuff that you guys have done, that especially Norwegian. I don't know what 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 you do, where you from, but Norwegian families don't take their kids uh, and travel around the world. What? what yeah. How? Um, how did you end up do- doing that? Uh, so, did you take. Uh... Yeah. So before we had kids, uh, uh, Annette, my girlfriend, and I both traveled quite extensively. We we've seen some places, uh, been some places. Uh, I actually been in in Bergen before. I st- studied there for the last semester of my uh, education to become a physiotherapist. Uh, that was back in 2009, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, w- we've seen some places, then we had some kids, and in 2017, I, uh, we, we, together we decided that we wanted to see something else and wanted to show our kids something else. So we, uh, I sold my business at the time, we sold our house, Annette got a year of unpaid leave, She's a teacher at the international school, mm. so she's always very uh, internationally minded. And uh, back then we had two girls, so Pippa was two at the time, and Jules was uh, three and a half. Mm. We packed our bags and we flew to South Africa. We um, hung around there for a year, so it was South Africa and then uh, Namibia and Botswana, uh, and then from there we flew to Argentina and spent another well small year there. So in Argentina. Uruguay, Brazil, Chile, like the south part of South America. And uh, then... Uh, how did that go with two, two kids? Or oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, they were so young that they, they they adapted so quickly to whatever we threw at them. So there's a big lesson there. Mm. Um, 
we were their safety net. So as long as mommy and daddy were there, mm. it was good. So um, amazing. It, it, it's different than being at home and having like grandparents or somebody that can come in and babysit. Mm. But we were together 24-7 for almost two years in a new and challenging environment. You know, obviously speaking English in South Africa or, or uh, speaking Spanish in South America, Portuguese even. And uh, the, I knew I had two kids that were doing okay. They weren't smart. I mean, every father thinks their girls are smart. Yeah, of course, they're unique. They pick up. <laughs> if, if you put them on a, on a playground somewhere in Uruguay oh. and they have to speak Spanish to two other two or four-year-olds, mm. who's going to go on the slide first if we're going to go up the slide or down the slide and who's going to go on the, on the teeter-totter? They figure it out way quicker than we do. So there's cool. a there's a big lesson there that adaptability, being able to adapt, is something that that opens up a lot of opportunities for you. Mm. And um, what I remember vividly from from the southern part of Africa is uh, obviously there's a history of apartheid in South Africa. Mm. They didn't know about it, and that's for the better. Yeah, they they seriously wondered what's going on with people of different race or color or religion or, or, or sexual preference, why they are being, being treated so differently and that it was unfair. And um, there's a lesson there, I think. Mm. Uh, if kids don't finish their plate of food because they saw somebody in a parking lot that hasn't had food for days, they said, no, I want to share with them. Can mm. I get a doggy back and then bring it to him? My, my my fatherly instinct would say no finish your plate because yeah, yeah. it's your food mm. and don't go talk to a homeless person because they might be scary or, or want to do something mm. to you but apparently if you're two year old and blonde in and white in South Africa mm. if you walk up with half a burger and, and a bunch of fries to some homeless person they're very thankful mm. and that's it so that's yeah cool. there was a big lesson there in, in those two years that fortunately the vast majority of people on this planet are still very friendly and, and helpful. Yeah. And yes, bad things happen. You got to be aware of it or, or prepare for it. A any, but, bad, uh, any bad things? You have a story of a No, bad, nothing. No, nothing? It's pretty cool. Pippa is kind of a, a Tasmanian devil. Mm. So we were in, uh, in Argentina and she dove into a jacuzzi, but obviously there's like a bench where you can sit on. So she hit it with the hat and we had to go to the hospital. That's the worst thing that happened. Mm. So they, they gave her a bit of glue. Yeah. We were out in 25 minutes. Didn't pay a dime. Even oh. though we had like international insurance and stuff like that, they took us with an ambulance to the hospital, brought us back to the hospital. They gave her cookies and, and stitches, and it's fine. Mm -hmm. the, the worst thing was she couldn't swim for a week. Yeah. That was her, her major issue, but no, nothing happened. Not so, too bad. Uh, no, no, no strange stories, no, no, no accidents, no freak stories, no, no unsafe feelings, nothing. No. And uh, fitness? What, what, did you do any like CrossFit? Did you do any coaching? Did you, did, did yeah, you work? Fitness-wise, that wasn't those? my best year or the best no, years. No, uh, So we, uh, as I told you, we went to Cape Town first, and we rented out an apartment for a month mm. uh, just to wind down and get used to uh, the country. So I joined uh, Cape CrossFit there and trained like five days a week, six days a week. That was a good month. Yep. But after that, we got a jeep with a rooftop tent. And what we did was usually two or three days of camping and then going back to a city to, to stock up on supplies. And yeah. y you're here and there and everywhere, and there's no one to watch the kids. So mm. that would mean if I would take an hour out of my day or an hour and a half out of my day to go train, 
Annette will be with the kids mm. and they will be at home. Mm. So we didn't have our own car for the whole period. So that kind of limits what you can do. So you do some body weight stuff, you go for a run. Uh, but, but it, when you're in a new place, so there's a big lesson for what's going on, going to happen here as yeah. well. When you're in a new place, you get an opportunity to build your new rhythm or your habits mm. or the things you do often. Mm. And training was not uh, that big of a part of those two years no. as it was at home. No. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to wake up at a certain time. Mm. You have to eat when you're hungry. That's it. So what we did usually was wake up, read or play, have breakfast, read or play, go to a playground some more, have lunch, read or play or mm. have dinner and then go. I did get very good at, in South Africa, to call it a braai, a uh, grill. Mm. Grilling, drinking wine, that was my, yeah. We were I good at that. Good at yeah. <laughs> That's good. And, yeah. uh, and, but, but you didn't do any work in, when you traveled for two no, years? No, no. Uh, I, I sold my business and we sold the house. Annette had a year of unpaid leave, so we had like a little treasury that we could take chunks of. Mm. And uh, yeah, we didn't have to work. That's a privilege as well. Yes. So we got a lot of quality time. And uh, I... I did some classes at Cape CrossFit or or if we were in a place for a longer period of time, I usually dropped into a box and then do a uh, like a seminar style thing about something I, I happen to know something about or do a guest coach for one hour, but nothing like nothing, on a structural basis. No, no, no. nothing else. No. Okay, okay. And um, so you, you travel for, uh, for two years, yeah? Yeah. Roughly. And then um, how long were you at home then? before before this happened uh so we got back in 2019 that was uh, march i think yeah so it's now july 2021 that's two years two years so two two years yeah. places we're, we're moving around no uh, uh, no i'm lying two and a half three maybe uh, yeah. something mixed up but 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 why why uh, why norway what what happened well how did that uh, yeah did you so, sit uh, in the couch and just like okay let's go to norway like, uh, yeah so one youtube video us, i was sold yeah tell no, us no, tell no. us the, <laughs> t t t tell us the story how how uh so what how happened did that, is uh, how did you start getting annette uh, to towards the feeling because it was yeah. you that made the uh, idea or was uh, it her i'll tell you about it yeah? um so annette's a teacher she used to teach at the international school of amsterdam Mm. And uh, she was a Dutch teacher and they were in a team of six teachers. So that's a pretty small team to be in for like 10 or 11 years, which yeah. she had. So she was kind of getting ready for a new challenge, maybe a new place or a new role to work in. So she already had her eye on different opportunities to work. So we actually got pretty close to moving to South Africa, but due to the uh, COVID situation, that was quite difficult. Uh, there's also the process of getting a visa and a work mm -hmm. uh, permit. Uh, we had another opportunity in Argentina, which we got close to, but we canceled that on our uh, on our own terms. And then obviously because I studied in Norway before, I had good experience here. The culture is quite similar. Obviously the, the scenery and the landscape is way better. Uh, the climate is kind of similar. We don't have very hot summers or very cold winters where we're from. So that was easy. Uh, the English language was a, was a prerequisite for me. I speak Dutch, I speak English, a bit of German, a bit of Spanish, but I'm not fluent enough in those languages to coach or do, do my work. Uh, I'm not fluent in Norwegian yet either, but we can learn always. Yeah. So um, Annette actually got close to a job in Oslo, and then something popped up here at the International School in mm -hmm. Haugesund, 
and uh, she got in a chat and a second chat pretty quickly and then she actually signed a contract uh, first so she's the reason why we're here so, so we she's, told the kid, she's to blame yeah yeah well or to thank i don't or know or to thank i'll tell you in a year or two <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah um so we told the kids and we got ready to move uh, uh put up the house for sale i decided that i had to uh, sell my business so we we started that process and uh, obviously when you go into a new place you start looking around what's there so i found uh, the box actually online so there were some other foreign coaches mm. and then uh, there was an instagram post about you uh, having an opening for two coaches so i figured well i saw that on a friday actually so i i talked to a bunch of my friends and i was like yeah i could send them an email but mm. uh, my original plan was to just be a dad at home for like half a year and then maybe redo a house or something yeah, yeah. like that and then start to see if I would uh, venture into a, a different career or, or carry on as a physiotherapist that mm. I'm trained or, or get back into coaching what I did before we went to Africa. Mm. So uh, the job opening popped up. I sent you a short email uh, saying, well, this is who I am. This is my LinkedIn profile. If you're interested, let's have a talk. And if not, I'll probably drop by to, to just train yep. once we're there. And from there on, I think we had two or three uh, meetings. Yeah. And then uh, I found a contract in my email, so yeah, I signed it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turned out uh, turned out okay. Yeah, uh, because for us also it was very uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, we were looking for someone who wanted to to w with your uh, kind of experience, uh, and there were, yeah, we applied and, and had the same thing. Okay, we have uh, we have good time for filling this this spot. Then your email came in and uh, started talking around, and we 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 had some uh, yeah good good chats. But but uh, 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 if we look at CrossFit wise, what have you how how did you find the CrossFit? Because yeah. you you started uh, physiotherapy and like how how was what was your first day walking into to Ooh. the CrossFit gym? Yeah, so uh, I started out as a physiotherapist and the clinic. I ran, so that's my first clinic I ran with a business partner, was focused mostly on athletes, everyday athletes, but but competitive athletes as well. And there was a guy coming in. So football players, ice hockey football, players. Football, hockey, uh, tennis, swimming, yeah, yeah. Every, every other sport. And uh, there was a guy coming in telling me about uh, uh, some shoulder issues he had. So I obviously asked him, well, when do you have it? What, what aggravates it? And he was telling me about a workout. I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> I, I think it had rope climbs and, and tire slams with a hammer in it. Mm. And I'm like, wait, 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 back up a bit. You do rope climbs and tire slams for your sport? Yeah, well, it's this thing called CrossFit. There's a box down the street, actually. It was one of the four original boxes in Wh the When is this? This is probably uh, 2012, 2013. Okay, so it's almost 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, yeah. And, uh, well, either way, we move on to the shoulder because that's that's mm. why you came. And I told him, well, by the time you're out of pain, I want to join you to your gym. Mm. I was calling it a gym back then because I want to see what this training is all about. Uh, so I went there once and uh, uh, the box was about to move to the next town, which was a bit bigger. And then, um, yeah, so, so by the time they moved to the next town... Uh, I signed up, I came in, and it was actually in a, uh, 
call it a sports hall, gymnasium, mm. like a, 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 yeah, a, yeah. a proper hall where there's lining on the floor and rings coming from the ceiling. And yeah, yeah, like you, could, a, you couldn't drop a barbell because you would damage the floor. Yeah, gymsal is yeah. a Norwegian word. Yeah. Gymsal, yeah. So I was there and uh, the first workout was uh, deadlifts combined with box jumps, I think. Always a good combo for your shins. Mm. Deadlifts and, and box jumps. And the box just started up or... or the original box split up into two boxes, so that one was new, and uh, it was with a guy called Zoran. You know the movie "Don't Mess with the Zoran." No, I don't. Uh, all right, it's a Adam Sandler movie. It's funny. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, it was, well, I, I maybe was, seen it, but I never remember what movies yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, it, I don't think it won an Oscar, but uh, <laughs> it's funny enough. So yes. I was training with the guy for the for the first time, and then uh, my second workout was Filthy Fifty. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So okay, for the guys who don't know Filthy Fifty, do you remember it? I'm not sure if we can, can, we can sum it up of, of, of it, it, it's 50 reps of, of a seven, shitload of movements. Yeah, yes. I think it's seven different movements, 50 reps. So it's pull-ups, wall balls, burpees. 350 reps in total then yeah. around that, that area. Yeah. So it's 50 reps of CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, the typical thing that people do do if they're going to do cross uh, if yeah. they're going to do like a uh, CrossFit uh, and you get very sore if you knew and do yeah. that. Yeah. Very, 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 very sore. So uh, from that point on, I started coming back for some reason and uh, started training like two or three times a week. Uh, that's about the same time my first daughter was born. Mm. And the clinic we were working in back then, we had some collaborations with different sport clubs and teams where we would do like a, a, a we would go with the teams to matches or we would do like a, um, call it, like an hour at the club where people can can come and see you and ask a few questions or or have a little pain and talk to you about it whether they need treatment or not. Yeah. So uh, the CrossFit box became one of the sports clubs we we started working with, and uh, it influenced the way I trained people in in rehab a lot. Just because there were new movements for me, yeah. I never touched the barbell before in my life. I played some team sports, but but none of this. No. Um, and I started getting people on like supersets or metcons or, or started doing like a block of strength training for somebody who had knee issues followed by a short metcon in, in yeah. my uh, uh, rehab. So that ended up to us um, getting some extra space in the clinic and then getting a rack into it and free weights and kettlebells and, and a assault bike and skier and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that, from there on, it changed quickly. So I wanted to know more, started to do my level one. Mm. Once I got my level one, the w owner when of the is box. This? When is level one? Uh, I think I think that's still 2013, yeah. end of 2013. So we're, st we're at the same year still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot, sorry, long story. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, it's good. Same year still, level one, the owner of the box started asking me to join him in coaching for a few hours. Uh, and then 2014, I probably took up we called it the on-ramp program. So that where new members come in, mm. you teach them the nine foundational movements of CrossFit. So yep. front squat, back squat, overhead squat, uh, med ball clean, deadlift. Uh, we added pull-ups to the mix. We did a shoulder press, push, press, push, jerk. Mm. Um, so that was an hour a week where we got the new people in, three lessons for the nine movements. And then I would coach one normal class. And then the rest of the week was just filled with training for myself and or working in the clinic. And then from the clinic, we 
I started working in the local hospital as well. So that's the sports outpatient clinic mm. where people, you know, if you get kicked on a football field during the weekend, you come into the hospital on Tuesday, you see an orthopedic surgeon, a sports physician, and then me as a sports physio, and we make a plan. What's needed? Do you need an x-ray or an MRI? Do you need just a good instruction for your physio at home? Do you need surgery? Uh, and uh, because I was in CrossFit, people do stupid stuff every now and then, including me, and people get hurt. Yes. So we got the CrossFitters into the hospital, and then they, purely from the CrossFitters, they started a, a shoulder outpatient clinic because there were so many people hurting their shoulders, mm. which caused me to think, why are so many people hurting their shoulders? You get in touch with uh, uh, Kelly Starrett from Mobility Watt at the time. Now yeah. it's called the Ready State. So you start doing a specialty course, the CrossFit Mobility course. And from there on, we moved on to, to different things. Mm. So in 2017, I stopped coaching at the box, mm. uh, did a, a few courses before that. We moved to South Africa, started training mm. in the places there uh, when we could. But that was a little like maybe one or two sessions a week. Yeah, And then we got back into the Netherlands. And uh, like I said, I sold the company, we sold the house, so there was a, a, some funds in the bank there, but it was all minuses from there on. We, mm. we both didn't work. Mm. So when we started to run out of money, we flew back home. Uh, actually lived with my parents for a couple of months. Yeah. And uh, I found a, a job as a physio in a, in a pretty large clinic, like 25 uh, physios there. And I figured, well, they must have figured things out pretty good, uh, but that was more like a general population so uh, I signed a deal with them. First page of the contract was uh, me supposed to be setting up collaborations with sports teams, sports clubs, like I did before. And if we did that, we would have more athletes coming in, which would be directed to my agenda. So that would be my work. That didn't work out as planned. Uh, we had some talks about it, obviously. And uh, eventually, after a year and a half, I decided to not renew my contract mm. because uh, I was seeing, for my liking, too much of a general population mm. and uh, not enough athletes. So I decided to start my second business on my own. And uh, that was at a local track and field club. So we have a, a, a 400 meter track, uh, grass in the center for the discus and the javelin throw and stuff like that. And they had a gym, but a proper gym. I mean, uh, squat racks, barbells, yeah. weights. Uh, most of the stuff was there. I, b I bought some stuff, but... I most most there. of the CrossFit stuff were, yeah. were already yeah. inside the It was already in gym. there because they're athletes competing at a high level and, and they need that kind of equipment to enhance Perform. their skills mm. and, and, uh, and make sure their uh, general physical preparedness was there as well. Yeah. Uh, so I started working there and that was a new adventure. Um, after about a year, I was still training with one of my former colleagues once a week was talking to him, what are you doing? What do you want as a next challenge? And uh, he wasn't completely happy at the place he was working. So he joined me. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I swear I'm honest here. Like on the second day, he's working for me, with me. I tell him, uh, Joey is his name. He's a, he's a golden dude. Mm. Uh, I tell him, you know what? Uh, we made the decision to move to Norway. You want to buy my company? <laughs> or, or you want to continue my company? Uh, he, he said yes, fortunately, but that was, a uh, like a half year process of getting him from an employee working as a therapist, which he's been doing for 10 years and he's perfectly fine at yeah. to running a business, which he's different, uh, never done before. Mm. So that took up a lot of time and energy, but, but it was a very, uh, a good experience for me to, to, uh, move into that role. And then in that six month period, 
uh, Annette obviously signed her job and we got in touch and yeah. I knew where I was going to. So we, uh, yeah, we, we rounded that off uh, halfway through June, mm. sold our house, took the kids out of school. Annette was done. She had summer holidays at school. And then uh, because of COVID, we thought we could come here, but things changed a bit. Yeah. So we had some time to kill. We have like a, a little cabin in Germany. So we went there for a, a few weeks. And then uh, once we were both fully vaxxed, had a QR code, uh, uh, had some time, we were clear to fly you, to Norway. You read some articles about what it was allowed and not allowed to get in the country. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a couple million. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, actually, when we checked in in Amsterdam, they said, you know, did you register that you're going to Norway? Otherwise, you can't come in. And I'm like, no, ma'am. Once you're fully vaxxed and you you don't have to. Oh, you know better than me. You're good to go. And I was like, Whew. I hope I'm right. Because yeah, if I'm yeah. not, well, but it was okay. We, we arrived in Bergen. There's a line at customs where you're yeah. fully vaxxed. You show your QR code and your passport and, and you're and good to go. And you're good to go, yeah. Literally, literally two minutes. Yeah. So no quarantine, no testing, no nothing. Uh, not wearing a face mask. So, so remember, halfway through June... I was still working with a face mask on yes. every day, wearing gloves for every new patient, cleaning my treatment table yes. and all the sporting equipment and stuff like that. Restaurants were closed. Cinema was closed. Uh, Annette was teaching through a webcam through her... Yeah, uh, with uh, her kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was strange. Yeah. Or strange. Uh, Because, yeah, yeah. Mm. Different from what it is here. And yeah, but it's also changed a lot here lately. And you also yeah. see that uh, every everywhere now with, with uh, yeah, you see... See, see, see changes towards uh, COVID hopefully yeah. getting better. Yeah, mm. I hope so. Uh, if there's one lesson from the whole COVID situation is that it pays to be healthy before you get it. Yes, 100%. No, uh, okay. So then um, uh, uh, then you get to know it. But if we go back to the um, uh, CrossFit. Yeah. Um, what, and you said that you did, you did some... Um, You did some CrossFit with your, like you, you took what you learned from the CrossFit and you took that into to your clinic. What, what, like if you give give us some examples, what, what, what typically right. did you so, take take from that and and put in that maybe some physios today that our members go to don't do? What, 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 yeah. what did you do? So the difference always is when you have a, a regular physio who helps you get rid of pain or stiffness or aches or anything else or a physio that knows the sport you're in is that they prepare you to to train at the sport you're in at the level you left off. So knowing something about CrossFit and training CrossFit myself for a couple of years let me to understand those athletes way better mm. and bring them back up to a, to a level where they can join the programming in the box or if they're competitive athletes, uh, uh, depending on where they are in the season and, and when they want to compete like in a strength cycle or a skill cycle or stuff like that. Yeah. So I would put somebody with knee pain on a leg press or a leg extension machine and have them do three sets of 25 when they're in pain, always. Yeah. And, and that's what I was trained to do. I didn't know any better. I'm that's sorry. What, that's what your study, study showed yeah. you. Yeah. If now somebody shows up with knee pain, I might put them on those machines if that's what they know and they're familiar with and they like. Mm. But if they train with free weights and they need to be able to, to snatch or, or, or uh, do a more, squat clean, More functional, yeah. Yeah, that's what we need to train. Yeah, And maybe we need to break it up into smaller steps, but that's what they need to get back to. Yeah, And then once they 
get to the movement, maybe make some adjustments in foot positioning or, or doing it with a sandbag instead of a, a barbell or stuff like that. But then you can let them go and they can go to the box like the, the where they do Egan training or, or a, a open box. Yeah. And they can do their tempo squats or their sets of three by five or their cycles there. Mm. But it's way easier to give them that responsibility if you can speak the same language. Yeah. So if you go to a physio who only treats you while you're laying on a table, but your injury or your problem occurs while you're on your feet moving around functionally doing CrossFit, part of that rehab should be moving around functionally doing CrossFit. Yeah. Maybe at a lower weight or lower intensity mm. or lower reps, but you need somebody to guide you in there. And if your physio does not do that right now, then there's a gap where he leaves you off and where you want to go. Mm. You need to bridge that gap somehow. Yeah. And please remember, rehab is not just about getting back to where you were. It's about setting you up to get better, better yeah. than what you were. And our sport or, or the sport of mainly our members is kick-ass dad slash mom slash kick-ass <laughs> in life. Yeah. And uh, and if you're going to have a rubber band with you throughout your whole life, that's maybe not, uh, not the best, uh, no. best way to go either. No, no. no. Um, let's, uh, can, can I interrupt you on yeah, that? Of yeah, of course. Because in my opinion, there's a big difference between sport, the sport of CrossFit, mm. which you see at the CrossFit games and the regionals or the sanctionals as they're now called. The competitive CrossFit. Yeah. Mm. Where it's about winning and CrossFit as a training methodology where everyday people go and move. Yes. If you're doing CrossFit as a training methodology, the goal is to get fitter than you are now. Today, but in two years and in five years and in 17 years too. Yes. Maybe when age comes into play, right, you decline a bit, but still get fitter, which means not every workout but it, but is if, an opportunity yeah, to yeah, redline. Yes. Not every day you lift maximum weights. It's about skills and keeping those skills. Yes, and also if you look at uh, getting older, like that is also easy to contribute because if you look at the, the trend of who who yeah. you're with, if you look at 60 to 70, okay, where do everybody else go? They go down. And so if you can just maintain, maintain yeah. you're kicking everybody else's uh, yeah. ass in, in, uh, in fitness. Yeah. You sure are. Yeah, and, and, and that's, a, that's a vastly important job. I mean, yeah. my parents are in their late 60s, so getting close to 70. Yeah. They have their grandchildren now. And I love seeing them being able to run, ride a bike, play, do 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 uh, 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 roles, and and uh, get on a trampoline, stuff like that. Yeah. But there's plenty of people that age that just because of lifestyle choices are not able to do that. No. And they're missing out. They don't know they're missing out because what they can do and what they think is normal has is something they've grown accustomed to over the years. But it's a trend you can influence vastly. Mm. Fastly, it's not just your genes it's what you do it's what you put in your mouth it's what you not put in your mouth it's how <laughs> you move how often you move how you sleep all that stuff comes into consideration yes. and you can really make a big difference if you make choices there which result in behavior that you repeat over a long period of time yeah but people often think well i can do a lot in one day i can go on a crash course diet and and drink some shake or or pills which will get off a few kilos in a week and and it might go ahead if you want to but it's not something you can do for a longer period of time you, you can't just live on shakes and pills for a year it's impossible nope. 
And that's also what you said with uh, looking at uh, one year, two year. That's also for, for the people listening to this podcast. Like if you, if you, if you're not looking long term, it's not mm-hmm. sustainable. If it's not sustainable, then then it's not going to work for you. Because what 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 is important is okay. You, you live a hundred years. Yeah. If you train for eighty years, that's eighty percent. That's what's important. Yeah. So if you only train once this week, that's a lot better than zero times. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, what you yeah. We you have you, sh- you should listen to this podcast. <laughs> this one, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, okay. no, but I should. Yeah, I should. Uh, let yeah. let's um, physio. Why physio? Why didn't you be a doctor? Why didn't you do you be a teacher? Why uh, why did why why did physio yeah. interest you as a young uh, Tadius? Uh, it didn't actually. Uh, so I have a sister. She's uh, about a year older than I am. She became a doctor. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, I saw what she did, and I'm like, yeah, that's not really my style. So where I'm from, uh, you go to high school from like 12 to 16 or 12 to 18, depending on on what level you choose. And uh, when I got the day they called me with the results of my final exam, I was at a university checking out an education, whether I liked it or not. There was human movement sciences, and human movement scientists tried to invent or research things that enhance human movement, mostly sports. So mm. if you look at speed skating, there's this this skate with a, a flapping mechanism in it. That's one of the inventions of a human movement scientist. Mm. It was fun, I thought. I was always yeah. into sports and health, and I thought, oh, I want to do that. But within a year, I found out that I was becoming a researcher. So I would wear a white lab coat and then look at bunnies or guinea pigs or humans doing stuff, but I would be in the lab. Yeah. And that was not the foresight I had for like 40, 45 years of work. Long term was not that. No. no. So I switched during that year to physiotherapy. And uh, I was not the best student in high school. I was not the best student in university. But getting to an education where you would do like an internship and see people in pain, Mm. that really lit the flame under my ass. So if somebody showed up and said, my shoulder is aching and I didn't know enough to help them properly, Man, that would get me in the books pretty rapidly. Yeah. So uh, I'm not one of those students that takes notes on every page and highlights stuff and, and is in the library four afternoons a week. I think I've seen the, the inside of a library five times during a four-year <laughs> uh, education. Yeah. But eventually, and, and I'm, I'm very proud of that, I graduated with honor uh, just because the clients or patients motivated me to know more. Mm. So physiotherapy. Learning by doing instead of... uh, Yeah, Yeah. yeah. well, doing and then learning even more and then doing it again. Mm. And and that's a cycle that continues uh, even until today. So I did my master's degree and I continue with education in in all different uh, stuff. So your master, what's that uh, called? It's called a a master in manual therapy. So they have that in Norway as well. Uh, So yeah, manual therapists are the people that used to, 20 years ago, grab your neck and go pop like that. I do that whenever I have to. Mm. Uh, but as research catches up with what we thought we knew, mm. turns out it isn't that important. No, there are way other things to do that. Yeah. So, as I told you, what I did in the clinic evolved, and I think I we call it manipulate a neck or a back mm. or a hip or a whatever it is once a week on a full agenda, mm. and the rest of my agenda would be Training. people doing some tests, you know, when they're on the bench mm. for a shoulder or a back, and then starting training because that's probably new to a lot of people when they listen to this like okay if you go to a physio you're gonna be on the bench yeah you're gonna 
everything is finished, perfect. My body is healthy again. I can go and do stuff. Yeah. And now you're, we're listening, and it's like, yeah. oh, I have to train. Yeah. To be healthy, I have to move. Well, uh, and that's uh, what we've done for five, six years now. But it's also fun to listen from another person from another country having yeah. the same. Well, uh, let me let me put this very clearly. There are some situ- situations where you have a medical condition. Mm. If you break a leg. <laughs> We can't just train around it and have it fixed, right? If you Could break do pistols. Legs, you, yeah, uh, <laughs> you go kidding. to a hospital, you get an X-ray. That's the one uh, uh, examination they need to do to see if your bones are broken. And then they put you in a cast for like six weeks or eight weeks. And once you get out, we start training. Yeah. But it's not like you get out of the cast and you're done. You're ready to snatch a new PB at 105 kilos. No, it's no. not going to happen. There, there's part there. And that's where a physio is very important, I think. Okay. So on those medical issues... Yes, there is a lot of value to being treated on a treatment table. There's there's another category of problems where something's just painful. Yeah. And nothing's broken or torn apart or stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, if you if you go to that uh, area painful, if you look at our members and yep. we say we have a member that is um, or a person listening to the podcast who uh had some problems with her hit him or her back uh, some shoulders knees yeah. uh and and the ankles like everything in the body uh, if the one thing is finished it's on to the next yeah like what is uh if you if you generalize what what uh, what would you talk about with this person what would you focus around uh, short answer and the only right answer is yeah. it depends it depends on the person it depends on the problems it depends on what problems occur mm. or come back uh, it depends but that person you're just painting a picture mm. of who has problem after problem after problem is is no different than you and me. Mm. We have problem after problem after problem, yeah. but they might be minor problems or we haven't found them yet. <laughs> and that's the beauty of CrossFit. When you, add, let's say I'm 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 world class at squatting. I'm not, but let's say I am. Yeah, yeah. you are now today. I am today. Yeah. Well, we actually squatted today. Yeah. Wasn't <laughs> okay. um, but let's say I'm world class. And if I do five reps at 50 kilos, everything is work class. Mm. But if we then do 50 reps at 50 kilos, something changes mm. at some point. So bringing that intensity, whether it is in a, in, in extra volume, more reps, or extra weight, weight, or mm. more speed, or sometimes less speed, mm. or a different attribute, so not an overhead squat uh, with a, a barbell, but with uh, two uh, mm. loose kettlebells, it changes what your body does. So... Intensity always shows the flaws, what is not perfect. The question is, are you motivated to work at those flaws? And pain is one of the best motivators for people to say, hey, I need help because I need this to be gone. Yeah. But my hands are just like yours. There are calluses on there and, and even a, a, a little blood blister. If I put my hands on your body, I, I won't suddenly heal your meat there's nothing happening to your muscle or your tendon or your bone just because of my touch but what they will probably allow you is to relax a a shoulder that's painful Mm. and when it's relaxed move through a bigger range of motion Mm. and if we get some extra range of motion we can train to coordinate in that extra range of motion so to stabilize something Mm. and if that's more than you could do before you came in i've helped you now the big question is how long is that going to last? How long is that extra bit of control and range of motion going to last? Is it going to last for an hour or for a day or for a week? But if it lasts for a day, I want you to train the next day at that end range of motion mm. to get better at it. Okay. But um, yeah, 
But, uh, so again, moving is is something we're looking at. Yeah. So staying in on the couch and just waiting for the shoulder to get better is that a is that a good good idea? Go ahead and try. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Yeah. So there's different reasons, different uh, we call it a patho mechanism, a mechanism why you could be in pain. If I overdid my shoulder in today's training, resting it for a day or a day or two or at most a week mm. will probably ease off some of the pain. But if the next time I go training in a week, I overdo it again, mm. that's a cycle I'm not going to get out of. No, and that's also what's really important with is, is, is the difference between moving and coming into person like pb or or yeah. get a new pr yeah. and yeah. we had a we're at the uh, now we talked to Avida. he came in this morning at six yeah and uh, he twitched his back yesterday because yeah. he, he he trained uh, maybe a bit too much uh, yeah. of the same movements Could because be. he did some yeah. uh, egg and training and stuff so he got a little tweak in his lower back and but he came in like uh, i can almost not walk uh, something is on the side um, and it's really cool to just come in because a lot of people yeah. will never show up yeah. Uh, and we scaled down the workout. So he did only body weight. We did only movements that felt good or okay, but nothing that didn't feel okay. And we saw him now uh, a couple of hours. Now the clock is three and he yeah. trained at six. And like, whoo, everything is now uh, perfect, w- which is not. But, no. the, but the, the example or, or the point I'm trying to make is uh, moving is good, but it's all, like you said, it also depends on how you move. And of course, if he tweaked really hard his back, then maybe training the next day is maybe not so, the, the so best thing this experience teaches him two things one nothing was out to the side or nothing was out of place your spine is built to move and resist immense loads mm. people are not able to squat a thousand pounds 450 kilos if the spine would be vulnerable or fragile no. it's impossible they train for a couple of years to get there and now it's strong your spine is strong as well to your level mm. so if he tweaked his back what we know from research and a lot of this is that most of the time nothing serious is going on maybe we need to examine to rule out that something serious is happening but most of the time nothing serious is going on it's painful it's stiff it might hurt but what he experienced today is okay so it's not out and if i move it scaled down not aggravating it maybe doing some some other movements than i used to do it feels better today that's a win, right? That's yes. progress. Yes. Sure. So let's add more progress to that until he's back to normal and even better, better than normal, w- yeah. which is uh, our goal. Yeah. Um, okay, we we're uh, getting towards something here. We need to start wrapping wrapping things up. Um, yeah. CrossFit classes at Vafta. What yeah. are you going to do? How? Uh, when are you starting? What's right. uh, What's the plan here? So uh, I'm starting at the end of August. Yes. Uh, we, there's a summer holiday now. Uh, kids need to go to school. Annette needs to go to school. And then I got my hands uh, uh, free to start working as well. Uh, I'm going to start off coaching uh, a lot of classes just to get to know all the members and get back into the groove. Um, it's been like four years since I last coached mm. a regular CrossFit classes. Um, so I need to get back in and, and adapt to what you guys have here. Yep. Uh, learn some more Norwegian maybe. Um and then, uh, as we talked about, uh, from that point on, we get to see whether my work will be mostly group classes or more oriented to maybe personal training mm. uh, for people who have issues like this. And we even uh, uh, daydreamed a bit about setting up something like a clinic mm. in the box. 
so that we not only can help the members but people from outside as well yes. uh, uh, with with problems like this. You know, if the, if they have di difficulty moving or don't move at all, to get them going and get on a course to get fitter. It's not about being fit or being the fittest. It's about being fitter long term. Yes. That's pretty good, but we're gonna, yeah. Group classes gonna be main uh, concern in the beginning. You're getting yep. into the, our OCD and into how we how we uh, do do crafted classes, which uh, uh, is a bit different. But uh, but at least it's very fun for the members also to see someone that comes a bit from uh, another angle than we used to. We 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 are very fortunate fortunate with that with with um, uh, coaches being different, and that uh, creates a, a good team. Um, and uh, okay, so we're doing uh, CrossFit family, and uh, um, mid August uh, or end of August, then then um, how, uh, how 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 are we? Um, if we look half a year forward, uh, not too much. Um, where are you gonna live? Do you know that? What? what uh, how? Uh, how is the? Where are the kids gonna be? I hope we're not living wise? under that bridge. Yes, no. because right now you're living in a hotel. Yeah, I'm actually living in a hotel for a couple of weeks. So we're, yeah. we're looking for uh, something to rent to stay like uh, uh, for a few months or maybe mm. a year, and then eventually find something to to buy. Um, the kids are gonna go to the international school in Torfestad. Yeah, uh, that's where Annette teaches as well. Uh, Sol, the little one, is going to Barnahaga. In what Torfestad what class well. does Annette uh, teach? She's gonna teach uh, second grade, I think. Second third or third? Grade. I think it was third. I don't. I'm not sure. I third. Think she, yeah, maybe yeah. you know better. Than I, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep hearing this story. <laughs> yeah. I don't listen. No, uh, but young kids. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, the kids are 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 going to school there, but they're obviously looking mm. uh, for ways to get to know more people, get to know Norway better. So they're definitely into uh, uh, doing some CrossFit kids. Yeah. maybe try some other sports as well i'm fine with that i'm not pushing them no. uh, i found crossfit at a later age and and it turned out okay i think so yeah uh there's an uh, there's a possibility there and they're uh, very active so they're probably gonna like yeah, the crossfit you, kids you've lot. seen them in the box for a half an hour they, yeah. they they tore down the place yeah. that's amazing uh but uh i mean we're very privileged to be in a new country in a new environment and and getting to make choices that are uh that are our choices for 100%. So mm. when you grow up, you usually roll into a community of people that you know because you've been in class with them or you worked out with them or you grew up in the same street, stuff like that. None of that's here now. No. We don't have to go to family uh, birthdays. There's mm. no family traditions other than our own. Uh, and that's a loss, obviously, mm. uh, uh, because I, I miss my friends and family or, or, or I'm, I, it's impossible for us to be close to them. Mm. But we get an opportunity to make a new choice. And uh, uh, what's different here compared to back in the Netherlands is that all three of them are going to be gone during office hours. Mm. That opens up an opportunity to work full time, mm. uh, uh, not run my own business in evening hours and weekends like mm -hmm. that. So it, it opens up an opportunity for more quality time. And uh, uh, we're open to trying new things. Even the girls still remember that from traveling around the world. Things might not be as you used to or you're accustomed to yeah. doesn't mean they're bad no no just give it a go let's get better at speaking norwegian let's get better at getting to know people mm. let's get better at making a relationship with them getting mm. to know them finding out what's fun for them what's fun for us what's mm. good for us and then uh uh yeah let, let's roll from there and and if we end up at a place we dislike mm. 
it's up to us. It's our fault. Yes. We can change it. Of course. Yeah. How, but uh, half a year family wise, are you gonna have you looked at any trips? Is it anything? Uh, ah. No, not really. We, no. we didn't go that far. Uh, what I can tell you is we hope to, to find a nice house. We're looking at something, you know, mm. like a bedroom for everybody. So that mm. will mean four bedrooms, maybe an extra bedroom for when people want to come over, maybe a yard, uh, 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 some pets. They talked about chickens, dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to see what... what we'll have to see if it gets a, a farm. Yeah. Cows and yeah. sheep. And <laughs> yeah. We could, but we probably won't. Probably won't. No. Uh, okay, but that's good. Um, people are going to see you at the box. Yeah. So uh, uh, for the summer period, while we're here in the area, I'll definitely drop in and train with you guys. I think that's the best way to uh, to get to know everybody, uh, get to know the coaching team a bit more, get to know the members a bit more. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just grow into it, ease into it. Ease into it. That's so nice. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, we hope everybody uh, enjoyed the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, if uh, if you have any questions to to Tadeus, it's um, it's at the box. Yeah. If not, uh, send us uh, a text or email or um, anything else if it's something you're wondering about. Um, other than that, we say uh, nice that you listen to the podcast. Yeah, and have a nice that. day. Hada. Hada.